Good morning, Portland. Well, good morning, listeners, because you may not be in Portland, but welcome to the Portland Business Podcast. I am Brian E. sitting down with my buddy, Dustin Gumer, the copy genius. I'm, I tell you, one of these episodes, I'm actually going to like brand and name a really good company for you, man. <laughs> Today's topic, how, why, what, you should be doing an email list. This comes right on the heels uh, with the current pandemic going on in the U.S. with the, the COVID-19 virus, uh, we had to, to delay recording this episode. So this comes ironically on the heels of that, where if you haven't listened to the episode, look at the show notes below. We talked about how you can innovate in your business with COVID-19, but the big overlying thing in that was you're really feeling it if you don't have a list built. So today we're diving in. Dustin, welcome. Hey, Brian. Say hi to the listeners too. Don't leave them out. Don't leave them hanging. Oh, hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> they're on there. I don't know if you can hear them. They're on the edge. Of the that, that one gal, she just stopped jogging with her dog because you didn't say hi. It just happened. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about um, list building. Dustin, give us, give us the, the 30,000 foot view here. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess the question is you know, why not just use Facebook? Why not just use Instagram? Why not? use these platforms why don't you use google google yeah um you know seo is free right so why not use that totally um but there's a lot of problems with relying on those platforms um it's great to use them as part of your strategy but if mm -hmm. you're relying on those then you're going to be in for big problems uh as time goes on and what are those uh, problems as, as time goes on give me give well me. okay so there's kind of four overarching ones uh one um you know paid traffic gets more expensive over time, just historically. It's what mm -hmm. it does. Um, there's you know, three reasons at least for that. One yeah. is that uh, you know, customers get more resistant to ads, right? Yep. So you wanna say something, Brian? Yeah, so let's, let's go back a step here. So what we're talking about is thir third platforms, whatever they are, Facebook, Instagram, um, Google, you're paying them as an advertiser to get somebody's attention, right? That's, that's what you're, you're at the behest of. An email list is gonna allow you to message to your subscribers, people who, who find you a value, who align with, with what your brand is. And when you build that list, it's free, you take control of it. So if Google's pay-per-click bidding changes, um, you, don't, you go from a dollar to a $14 cost per click, you, you can't reach people, but it's really easy to send a, a well-crafted message. Right? right, that's your point. Well, you're kind of jumping like way ahead. Oh man. <laughs> Oh, I wanted to go into just the problems because there's a lot okay. of them, right? I mean, there's a ton of problems. Yeah. Um, so not people get more ad resistant, you know, mm -hmm. as they see more messages. So it's get, it gets harder to break through. Um, yes. Or, you know, on Facebook, people, they, they really distrust Facebook, yep. you know, for obvious reasons. And <laughs> something people might not consider is that, you know, when people are on Facebook, they're in that, that mind frame of distrust. So when they read your ad, you have that extra hurdle to cross over because they're going to inherently distrust your message as well. Um, sure. And then the third reason paid traffic uh, gets more expensive over time is, you know, big brands eventually join, right? Yeah. And then when they do, you know, they spend, you know, multi millions of dollars on their, on their ads. And there's only so many eyeballs for each, you know, target or keyword. And so when that happens, it gets, it gets more and more expensive. And your first bullet point, you brought up that people are less resilient. So is that, Resistant. Resistant. So 
to, to me, what I hear, and when you step in and correct me if I'm wrong, is that when something's new, it's new and you'll take it in and everything's good and cool. But over a period of time, I'm annoyed by an ad popping up in the middle of my perfectly cropped garden of flowers and perfection. Right. I mean, if you look at email, uh, when it was new, there was like a 90% open rate. Sure. Now there's like a 1%. So that happens <laughs> on every single platform. It's not just email. Um, over time, ads you know, as the, as it's, as the platform becomes saturated, mm-hmm. you know, it just gets less effective. Um, okay. <clears throat> and so I just want to touch on the other three problems. Sure. So, I mean, even for SEO, right. People think, okay, so paid ads don't work or they, you know, they get more expensive. So why not just do SEO? Um, but what's happening is Google is built to make money, right? So what they want is people to click on their paid ads. Yep. And what's happening is they're scraping your content and they're, they're getting it to where, you know, they don't leave, people don't leave Google. Um, and right about now, it's something like 50% of searches never leave Google. So if you're hoping that, you know, to get SEO, like it's not going to happen because they're either going to scrape your content and get that right on the first page, or they're going to click a paid ad. Right. So, you know, free SEO is kind of like a, not a very reliable thing, especially anymore. Um, and then the third and fourth problem is, you know, if you get banned from the platform, they can do it for any reason. And there's nothing you can do. Um, if they don't like your politics or it doesn't for literally for any reason, you think just kick you off. Um, and then if you're relying on that for your business, then you're kind of going to be screwed at that point. Um, and this ties into the last one, which is they change the rules, you know, however often they want. Right. Um, and, you know, in 2012, 2013, you remember like, you know, every brand, in the world was saying, you know, go like our brand on Facebook. Yeah. Right. Yep. And the reason they did that was, you know, if you like Facebook or, or if you like Apple, Starbucks, whatever, like, you know, they would see your, their up, your updates. Right. Yep. Um, so that's why brands sent their people to, to Facebook, but uh, you know, then Facebook changed the rules. Mm-hmm. And so now it, it's like, uh, you know, 0.5% of people will see your, your announcements unless you pay for it. Yep. So, I mean, essentially, you're at the mercy of these third-party platforms and if you rely on them like you're going to be you know with every single one has proven over time that you're going to be in a world of pain if you rely on those for your business completely completely and we're not just talking facebook it 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 goes across the board to any third-party platform um you know, way back in the day when, when the internet didn't exist, that was a newspaper or it was a media conglomerate for an ad on broadcast, whether it be radio or television. It's, this, is, this is not a new problem, just the vehicle the problem lives in has changed, right? Yeah, every, every platform, it's going to be the same. <clears throat> no doubt. So what can we do? Like, what, what, we just got to sit back and take it? <laughs> shell out some money to, to big bad Google and Facebook or. Yeah. I mean, I think that you, you should, you should benefit from these platforms. We're not saying not to use them. You should absolutely use them as part of your strategy, but you know, it comes down to, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket, right? I mean, sure. benefit from it. Don't rely yeah. on it. Um, and the way to do that is to capture your own audience. Yes. And that's something that I'll, we'll, we'll take a step forward really quick on is, is that the whole point of this podcast, we want to leave you with some tips and tools and things you can do to build, to build your audience, to build your email list. We can talk later on what you're going to do with that list. If you haven't picked up some of those already uh, in the show notes below, you can check our previous episode on CRMs and how those dovetail into building your list. 
But one of the biggest things I see is a failure. And as a marketer, it makes me shake my head. Every time I spend money and that business doesn't take that opportunity uh, or hasn't crafted a narrative that's a sensible, valid reason to collect my email, I just shake my head. I, I hand them my money and they miss the boat every single time because the easiest person to remarket to is somebody who's already your customer, somebody who's already spending money with you. They've proven they like you. They hopefully maybe trust you or you want maybe want to develop more trust with an email list. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, businesses are grown on the second purchase, right? I mean, if you make a first purchase, that's- or Third or fourth or fifth, I mean. Right, like if you make a one-time purchase, that's mm -hmm. like half the battle. Like you, you really don't win until you get that second purchase because so, then you're gonna be able to get more and more over time. I'm working on a project for um, a restaurant system and there are some statistics I pulled that, wow, I'm, I'm going, I don't have it in front of me, so bear with me if I'm wrong, so I'm going off the top of my head that um, somebody's, the chance of somebody coming back to a restaurant on a perfect, perfect, perfect visit a second time was like 40%. The chance of them coming back a third time was like 40%. The chance of them coming back a fourth time after three flawless experiences was like 80%. So in the restaurant industry, they really have to market to the, th the fourth or the fifth visit, not first or second. I think that's for any, almost any industry, right? I mean, if you have competition, then you need to have that, that follow-up. You, know, you need to stay on the top of their mind um, so you can turn them into a you know, lifetime customer or a, you know, at least a longer than one one time purchase. No doubt. What would you do in a in a face to face customer situation to ecom's easy to get their email address because it usually is at checkout, it's where your receipt goes. But what can you do in the face to face version to help build your list as a business? Well, what's an example of a business? I mean, you can it's just the same for everything essentially. You just need to offer them a reason to give it to you, right? Yes. Um, you need to give them some sort of a benefit to give you the email and then you need to follow through and continue delivering value. You know, you sure. don't just get the email and then start sending them sales pitches all the time because they're going to unsubscribe. <laughs> right. <clears throat> well, um, an easy one I can think of is just what e-com does, right? This is how we deliver receipts. We're paperless. We're earth friendly. So there's right. an easy, easy email capture. Um, maybe if you're in a given type of service, like, if you're listening, you're not from the Portland area. We have a, a donut chain called Blue Star Donuts and you seriously should hit pause and Google it. Their donuts are phenomenal. Their donuts are also ridiculously expensive. Um, like four or $5 a donut. That would be a great one. I would give my email address to them for a free birthday donut. Right? Yeah, I think that you need to be careful there. Like, yeah, you can get the email for like a, you know, an eco reason, which is like, you know, sure. people want to feel good about themselves and that they're eco-friendly, but that's not really a personal benefit. Okay. Um, I would say set the expectations for, you know, why you're going to be emailing them in the future. You know, sure. you, you don't want to just interrupt their inbox and be like, Hey, we're emailing you now. Um, <laughs> I, would, I would say like, you know, get that, but also set the ex expectation like, okay, after this, we're going to give you an email once a week and here's the, here's the information we're going to give you in that email and here's why you should care. Nice. So, Above all, it goes with what we say about content and customer engagement in general is give them value. Give them what they want to see. And this is something that I see in some emails. Don't give them a newsletter. That's something I will say to the audience listening to this podcast is that 
you got to put yourself in their place and their mindset and what are they going to find a value, right? If you got a new machine or a new widget in your system, that's, you know, put a picture of it in a news email blast because people don't care unless that widget is doing something for them directly, right? Right. You need to relate it to, you know, how does that new widget help me solve my problem better or save me time or, yep. you know, relate it to their, either their, their identity, right? So uh, who that person is or relate the content to the problem that your business solves or relate the content to the desire that your, you know, your business fulfills. Um, and I guess the, the one thing to keep in mind is like, like Brian said, the problem with a newsletter is that people talk about their business and people talk about their product and nobody cares about that stuff. Yeah. Like that's the surest way to get people to never open your emails. Yep. And they're missing, they're missing the boat on that customer's mindset and customer value, what the customer wants to hear or the client, the, the prospect. So let's talk about something I would say not to do. If you want to build an email list, I would say not to buy one. Um, the days of direct mail before the internet was a big thing. You ask about direct mail and most people can tell you that direct mail has pretty low results. You know, 1%-ish or something. I would say that buying an email list, you're susceptible to the same chasm. Would you say the same, Dustin? Or what's your thought on buying a list? Bad idea, good idea. Well, yeah, I'd say it's generally a bad idea. Um, but just to touch on the direct mail piece for a second, I think direct mail is great, but you should use it for your customers, right? If you can do that, then you're going to have, especially if you're an online business and then yep. you can get in their household with a physical envelope. Yeah. Studies show that you're going to increase the lifetime value of every customer significantly if you do that, in fact. And if you're listening and you, you like that picture of mine, uh, specifically a lumpy envelope. That, yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> I, would, I would say that's more for like uh, for cold direct mail. For if you're already uh, if they're already your customer, like you probably don't need to use lumpy mail because it's more expensive. And I think there's some debate. So your customer, you, if I'm your customer and you sent me an envelope, it's just an envelope. I, depending on what our relationship is, I may not open it because I right if I know or perceive what's in it. But if you send me something that's lumpy, it doesn't matter what our business is. I'm gonna like what is inside. Well, I mean. Curiosity so is going to kill me. That's true, but there's multiple ways to get, to get it guaranteed open, right? I mean, leave the envelope blank, get, make it look like personal mail, and they're going to open it 100% of the time. And it's a lot cheaper than using lumpy mail. True. You got me. So what about this? What about, uh, again, this is business specific, so you got to use some common sense. And if you don't have any common sense, ask a friend who seems really smart. They might, <laughs> maybe they'll tell you. What about not buying a list, but acquiring an audience. Is that a valid way or how, what does that mean? How does that intersect with, with growing your business? I mean, I think it, it really depends on, you know, what is your business, right? I mean, if, sure. uh, if you are a, a business based on a personal USP, in other words, mm -hmm. if you are like a, uh, if you're a celebrity doctor, yep. then like, it's going to be a little bit harder to buy an audience and, yep. and use that because yeah, they're following the celebrity doctor, right? right? That's, that's the, the tie in is the personality, the, the once removed close connection. Yeah. So, I mean, you could like, you could buy a, uh, like a fitness Instagram mm -hmm. and then uh, continue posting as if you're that person and then use that list for, you know, subtle advertisements for your brand. Yeah. I, would, I agree completely. I think that, the if you have not thought of acquiring an audience, whether it be a Facebook group, so when, let me back up a step. When I say acquiring an audience, what we're referring to is you, YouTube block 
YouTube blog or a vlog, a video, or an Instagram or a Facebook group, these social platforms that have a, a relatively small, maybe 10, 10, 20, 30, 100,000 people, it's far less than the 2 billion on platforms. So what we're talking about, we're talking about acquiring an audience. So you find these channels and reach out and, and ask if it's for sale. They may have never even considered selling it, but that's a very viable way to grow your list. Acquire the audience from the platform. Yeah, it's not my favorite way, but um, it's definitely a legit way. Yeah. I think, I think this kind of moves us on to really, oh, so let me pause there. So we have um, another method, web traffic. People are hitting your website, grow your list. Yeah, um, this kind of ties into the next piece is, you know, give them a reason to sign up on the website, right? Yep. Um, which is, I mean, so, I mean, like discount is okay, but really you want to you wanna set the expectations for why, you know, why they're going to continue getting emails for you. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want to just have something that's like one-off. Um, yes, completely agree. And what about just like you said with an in-face customer setting the expectation, right? If, if I'm going to opt in for <laughs> all the podcast listeners just heard my wife laugh as she walked in and realized the video camera is playing and the lights lit and stuff. I can need a big giant sign that says now recording. Um, it'd be helpful. <laughs> it would be helpful. So back to, back to hand. Uh, <laughs> Um, the, uh, <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Um, the so web traffic that give them the reason on the website to sign in, but also then setting the ex expectation. So they maybe understand they're not going to get a newsletter of garbage. They don't want, there is some value that's going to come into it. Yeah. You know, tell them about, you know, how often are you going to email or at least just the benefit, right? At the very minimum, like, you know, what is the benefit for signing up? Ideally, how often, but you could, you could have that in the first email if you wanted, yeah. but yeah. You, you have to have the benefit up front though. Correct. White papers, downloadables, and this, this, this now segues into, I think, which is the largest way to build your email list is on your website. If, if what you're going to give is a white paper or a downloadable, these are a term called a lead magnet. You've never heard of it. It's something you're giving to a listener, viewer, audience in exchange called lead magnet. There's a bazillion ways to do lead magnets. And this is where in the lead magnet phase where really you can, you really start to attract the people that are really going to become your customers. Yeah. And I mean, even more than that, it's a way to turn leads, you know, cold leads into customers because yeah. you know, the beauty, of, the beauty of a lead magnet is, you know, you take the problem you solve and you solve a chunk of it. And then at the end of the lead magnet, you're like, okay, so, if you don't want to do it or if you don't have time, then we'll do it for you. Contact us right. here. Yeah. And if your lead magnet gives them a result, like you've just proven that your, your stuff works, right? So you're three quarters of the way to the sale and you just ask for the sale at the end and you're going to make sales just from that. Completely. Without, without a question. What, what ways now, now here's where we get to the, the real hand-to-hand uh, -hand combat, so to speak, of digital marketing, huh? like that. Uh, what ways can, our, can the people listening to this podcast utilize the lead magnet? What are the tools that, that are out there that will help them out? Well, the one, you, you have to have a, uh, an email software, right? You have yeah. to have like, uh, what are the ones we're talking about today? Well, 
MailChimp works pretty well. MailChimp. I mean, you, you, that, that's a, a tie-in you could use. You look back in our show notes, the, the CRM episode, a lot of the CRM tools have an email integration piece tied into them. Um, so what Dustin's talking about is that when you are putting a lead magnet out there, whatever that magnet may be, how does the next subs, um, successive steps tie in to fulfill what you gave in your lead magnet? Right. Okay. So most people aren't going to buy from the lead magnet, right? Nope. Some people will. That's if not the you, point. If you design it right, some people will. But yeah, like Russell Bronson is the master of selling a lead magnet, the free with shipping book. Right. Yeah, like that nice low hanging offer. Yeah, uh, get them to become a customer because you know the easiest part. This ties into like um, another problem we wanted to touch on, which is taking advantage of the customers you already have. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the easiest. Did we talk about that yet? No, no. no. Okay, so yeah, the easiest people to sell to are people you already sold to, right? I mean, yes. It, I think it's like it costs five times more to acquire a new customer than to you know keep one you already have, something like that. Yes. That's good. <laughs> <Latte>. so, <laughs> so, yeah, um, you have to have a, a, a backend a system to where yes. people that don't convert right now, like oh. you're emailing them over time and, and turning them into a customer, which we touched on in the CRM episode. Yeah. I saw that, that right there. You almost dropped the F-bomb and that F-bomb and this is the funnel. <laughs> You always use the word funnel. Did I? Yeah. You did. It was, it was really funnel. close. Yeah. <laughs> system. So yeah, that's, that's the funnel or a system or really what we're talking about is their journey. Like what does this person go through from this, the stage of your lead magnet? They saw something they wanted or found a value. What Dustin's saying is to incorporate something that walks them down that path of a journey from whether it be a stage of awareness or whether it be a, a, series of solutions or whether it may be the solution, but I can't implement or don't want to implement it. So I'm going to hire you because you've shown authority of being an expert. You have to have that as a backbone or you can't. Um, I like uh, a lead magnet. I like a lot depending on the product doesn't work for everyone, but it can work for very low ticket items and it can work for very high ticket items is a bot, a chat bot. Um, so a program called Manny chat, it's a Portland company. So right there, I like them a lot because I live in Portland. But Manny Chat has a really cool Facebook Messenger that that I've seen work across dozens of different industries, from low low ticket items, three four dollar items, to ten thousand dollar coaching programs being sold through Manny Chat. It's a very cool, very unique way to do a uh, lead magnet system. Yeah, um, and one more way is. Uh, you know, so you, you can't have like an automated series, right? That like walks mm -hmm. them through a sales process mm -hmm. after the lead magnet, but also just having that, you know, that weekly contact where you're consistently giving them value and helping them solve the problems and, yeah. you know, positioning yourself as an authority, you know, showing them the results that other people got. Yep. Um, if you just have a, like a soft CTA at the end, like you can sell every single day and people are fine with it as long as like the first 90% is all value. Correct. And then at the bottom, you're like, okay, when you're ready to work together, Here's three ways you can do it. And so you sell every day, but you're not annoying them with it, right? Nice. And if those who don't know the copywriting world, um, what Dustin talked about there is a, a Dean Jacksonism. I'll call it the three ways that can help. Just three simple things you put at the end of, of content you put out there. Right. And above all, what he's talking about is content. And that really can be a hurdle for a lot of businesses is having the breadth and depth of content to be to put out there. 
And that's, that's up to you. You've got to find the time to dedicate that content. As we're talking about lead magnets, I want to take one step backwards though. And let's talk about the quality. When we do lead magnets, Dustin, what do you think about, use the term low hanging fruit, for example, I would almost put up the argument or the, the topic that the low hanging fruit lead magnet may be bad. In other words, what you're giving away something free is going to attract a certain type of individual that may not be the best person you're trying to get to build your list with. Yeah. I mean, it kind of comes down to, uh, you know, how is your lead magnet or how is your giveaway uh, qualifying your customer? And if you're just giving away like a freebie, mm -hmm. Like just, you know, whatever it is, like a, you know, say you're like a uh, service business and you're giving away like a free coaster or something, like those are going to be pretty low quality leads because yep. they just want like the free thing, right? Right. There's no alignment with you. There's no alignment with your brand. There's no, there's no um, membership of your tribe, so to speak, from what you, you do say or believe. Right. So those are going to be lower value, but yeah. If you, what are some ways that they could kind of qualify their, these leads better? Boy, I would say to pick in, take the, the really give away part of your business. I mean, you're not like, like sign them up and you know, give away stock certificates or something, but what do you do that is a free sample, if you will? Mrs. Fields is a great example. Mrs. Fields is a mall-based cookie company selling $17 a dozen cookies and her whole marketing plan was, I'm going to give everybody walking by in the mall away one cookie. Like yeah, I mean. A, that's a phenomenal yeah. lead magnet. Right? While, it's, while it's a free item and some people are just going to walk by and grab a free cookie, um, she's selling $17 dozen cookies because the smell, the flavor, all the tie-ins. So what she's giving away is this, this tremendous piece of value in a yummy, yummy cookie. Yeah. Um, I mean, ever since, um, you know, like the early 1900s, you can go back and look at, uh, you know, scientific advertising. It's when, uh, you know, they started figuring this stuff out for the first time. And like ever since then, a sample has been the one of the cheapest ways to turn leads into customers. Yeah. Um, and really it just comes down to making your sample or your lead magnet relevant to the problem that the person has, right? You know, my, yeah. if I'm, hungry for a cookie, then the cookie is going to solve my cookie problem. But if I am a, what's something, it's like, what's like a service-based business that we could tie this into? Uh, uh, we talked about the HVAC earlier today. Uh, HVAC, heat vac, heating and air conditioning company. Right. So, um, you can't give away a furnace, right? I mean, that's not going right. to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, give away, like, I don't know what problems they have. Like, you know, five ways to check your, your furnace to see if it needs care or, you know, and, and that, and how that'll save you a bunch of money each year. Or how to not waste money on certain air filters. Ever, yeah, been, home, home, ever been to Home Depot? The air filter, they have, Home Depot is huge, number one. They have an entire aisle just of furnace filters. And that's, I, I get furnace filters and it's one of the ones that I hate going that aisle because I'm like, well, which one do I get? There's so many. I have no idea if I'm just buying snake oil. Um, yeah, like here, here's the truth about air filters. Yeah. And how it'll save you a bunch of money the next year or whatever. Make your house smell better. Get rid of pet odor. I think yeah. there's a, an HVAC company. I think there's a lot of tie-ins you could do to the ongoing pieces that are going to bring them into your ecosystem and, and find value in, in your heating and air conditioning company. Yeah. I mean, do you pass the, does your house pass the guest smell test? And Ooh, here's yeah. how your, uh, here's how your, your air HVAC ties into that. 
I don't know. I don't know HVAC companies, so I'm having a hard time. Like, talk about it. Brian know. obviously knows. You're good though, dude. I love putting you on the spot <laughs> because you are. You're sharp. You're you're right into it. Now, in the guest comp- the guest sniff test, I just blame my neighbors. Like, you know, my neighbors are smelly people. <laughs> now, if my neighbors are listening, that didn't actually happen. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, lead magnets. There's a bazillion ways to do them. Ultimately, you got to get somewhat creative. You have to tie it into your business. You have to think about, you know, what what you are going to present to your prospect clients, customers as a value to exchange for an email, for contact information. And then you need to have content. You need to have good things to send out to them. So they want to read it, keep reading it, don't unsubscribe and they don't tell you to go away. Right. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing not to do is just send out sales emails every single week. Correct. Um, One of the big corrections we run when we talk about talk with companies in their marketing and what they do for emails. The correction number one is almost always to reformat them because they are sending out asks for something. And that's, that's the simplest way to know. Is this a sales email? Are you asking them to buy, schedule, whatever? Then just don't. Reword your emails so you're not asking. I mean, you can ask every day. It's just at the very end of the email, right? And, and, and very, very few simple words, not elaborate, not right. Massive. Right. It's just like, so it's, it's really, it's just like for people who are ready yep. at that time, it's available. And if they're not, it's not that big of a deal because they just read the whole email and it, like yep. they get the value and they get a soft sell. Like yeah. It's just a win-win for everybody. Hey, if you're ready to, to, to see us, if you're ready to schedule, if you're ready for whatever, click blank, right? Call now, right. call okay. tomorrow, schedule with Susie, or whatever like, it may be. Yes. Three sentences, like at the most, is like all you need. Yeah, I, think, I would even say three sentences is too long. I think like we're talking number, a, a short number of words, one sentence. Well, it's, I mean, if you have a, an email that's five hundred words long, like three, <laughs> I feel like three sentences is, is fine at the end. So fill it with more fluff, so the ask looks smaller. <laughs> well, I mean, then I'm kidding. To, I, that's, them, that's a joke. <laughs> you have to get them, you know, to want to read it too. So well, yeah. Okay. Well, I don't want to take up all of your time. I appreciate everyone listening. Dustin, do you have anything else before I sign us off that uh, we want to put in this podcast and make note of? Uh, well, the, the customer list, I think we should touch on before we sign off. Bring it. We talk about that yet? We did. That's um, okay. Go on. We did. You got more. Well, let's hear it. Share it. I just, I wasn't sure if we did. Um, <laughs> talked about it yet. So tell me what's on your uh, mind. Tell me what you're thinking about, well, about a customer it's just, list. It's so overlooked, right? I mean, people don't take advantage of it. It's too much the different. current customers? The current customers, yeah. Yeah. So number one, it's the the failure that I see happen is that, that are you getting a ton of feedback or is it just me? I might be. There's a, we, there's like a landscaper we, outside. Awesome. Um, so everybody just figured out we're not in this huge giant studio, but you can pretend we are. Um, the the current customers where you're not capturing the data. That's one of the things I see, number one. And then what Dustin's bringing on here now is beyond building that, don't neglect it, right? That's what you're saying. Don't oversee right. the current people you have. You've already spent money or um, intellectual or relationship elements to get them as a customer. Don't forget and neglect and let that fall aside. Yeah, I mean, if they're a customer, you have permission essentially to continue emailing them. And if you're not now, then just, you know, send them something valuable and say, Hey, I'm going to, you know, email you once a week and just like start now. Yeah. 
what would you send a value to a current customer? Pick a business and give an example. Um, I mean, any business, you could just, uh, you know, send a story, right? Like, uh, success, story. like a success story. Yeah. I mean, whatever the story is. And then just at the end, tie that into your product or service. Um, like what's, what's an example? I'm trying to think of something. What's a business? Heating, heating and air conditioning company. Oh my God. The worst one. <laughs> the one you don't, the one you don't have any experience with. Um, yeah. So how so, about, wait, wait, well, chiropra can, chiropractor. Okay. Well, see, so talk about, um, talk about uh, a story about how someone came in with like, you know, they had this mysterious back pain and they didn't know what to do. Um, and they tried everything and then they came in and after a couple of weeks, um, they're able to, you know, the, the numbness in their legs went away and like, you know, tie in whatever problems you solve into the story. Yep. And at the end, you can kind of tie that into your, well, that, that's just like super obvious, right? Like yeah, it's about your customers. Correct. It doesn't need to be. Yep. You can talk so about the news. Um, and then tie that into the chiropractic, like, okay, so we have this virus going around. Um, so talk about that for a second and be like, okay, well, um, your immune system is more important than ever. And actually this, this study showed that if you have a well-aligned spine, your immune system is 30% stronger. So, um, you know, maybe you need to consider, well, I wouldn't say that, but then you can kind of transition into like, okay, we have a free thing coming on, like come in and get a free, um, consultation or you know, whatever it is. Or their current customers are just scheduled now. If you're, if you're getting migraines, here's a, a migraine solution we had or a back pain solution we have. You know, if you're feeling this, we're, when you're ready, when it fits in your system, check our schedule and see if, see if they align. Right. Just tell a story that yep. talk, talk about the news and then tie it into your CTA and then love it. That's awesome. I don't want to drag on too long, Dustin. I won't take too much of your time. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for being a guest again. And uh, everyone below, read the show notes. I'll put a little tie in there for Dustin. Make some notes about the uh, topics we talked about, the solutions, and some of the tools you can utilize to help grow your email list. And until we have another episode, have a great day. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for listening, everybody.